Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a Photog adventure of your own. It's episode 83. Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast. What'd you start doing? Big A3. The big, the big A3. A3. 83. Lucky 83s out there. If any of you out there have a lucky number that's the number 83, celebrate well, you with were us. Well, you were born, not 83. No, 81. Okay. I was born in 81. So there might be some listeners that were born in 83. So this is oh, your yeah. episode, guys. It's your episode <laughs> dedicated to you guys. Welcome to what? 33 years old, 34 years old, yeah. 83 people, 34, no, yeah. 35 this year. 35 this year. Turning yeah. 35. Welcome to 35. So, hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Brendan and I have had a crazy June so far. We're continuing on with the mm. stories mm-hmm. of, oh man, the great Milky Way chase or hashtag the great Milky Way try to kill you because you don't get any sleep chase. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. They but should call it Milky Way death chase or something <laughs> like that. The insanity <laughs> Milky Way death chase. I'm surprised how many people I've seen have gotten all 23 nights. Spoiler alert, I got all 23 nights. Brendan got 15, 16 nights. Something like Something that. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, what a crazy trip. But before we go on to all of that, what's new with you this week, Brendan? Well, uh, as I was looking at uh, Petapixel website yesterday, Ooh. I discovered that the SD card standard is going up, not only in bandwidth, which is going to be like almost triple in bandwidth, too. It's going to be like almost a gigabyte per second. So the transfer rate transfer between rates your can camera be crazy body or between your computer? Between camera to the card or card to computer, really? whatever. So if they if, if they can finally come out with a camera that can actually transfer that fast, because so far nobody has. But not only that, but the size limit is going up to 128 terabytes. What do you mean the size limit of a the max size, capacity? The max of capacity of the SD card. So it's going to be a new SD card UC, I believe. Is what it's called, and it's so there's XC right now, and this is gonna be a UC. This is then there's a UC Express, head. which is gonna be the fastest transfer rate. So almost it's like 935 okay. megs per second. 128 gigabytes, terabytes, is the cap- terabytes. Right now we've got 256 and maybe even 512s. Right? We don't even have a terabyte. It's card not even yet. a terabyte yet. And now the new standard coming out in a year or two will be. I mean, it'll take them a few years is to get like there. Is it like a goal when they say that, or is it possible? That's like the format. Uh, it's, I, I think it's totally possible. If they said it's, I mean, this is where the future is. In a couple of years, we can have 128 terabyte what? cards. My computer right here, this giant iMac right behind my shoulder has three terabytes in it total. Right. How is it going to have Imagine the that thumb drive compared or, to a thumb drive. Yeah, I mean, it's a literally the size of your thumbnail. That tiny little SD card. SD card. Not compact flash, SD. Yep. That, that flash memory is going to have 120 times the, it's, I guess not 120 times, but 120 yeah. more terabytes than I have on my existing machine. Yeah, it's crazy nuts. It's awesome. So my future drobe, I don't invest in Drobo, wait a bit, and you're going to have like a raid of thumbnails that are just basic little chip cards and you have what is a thousand terabytes a petabyte a petaflop yeah. what, what, a petabyte a petabyte yeah so you could literally have a rate of a petabyte 
of flash drive memory. With having, if you had soon. like, um, what, six of those or? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. Devil's advocate. Why in the blank would I want that much memory on one card? I'm just going to lose everything. If I start thinking, let me save up to 18, 20 terabytes of pictures well, on Well, think card, about it. If you're shooting what? a camera that's shooting 8K full frame raw files. Mm. So still the same amount of pictures, but just mm-hmm. very high or imagine size. 8K running at 60 frames a second or 8K running at 120 uh, frames a second. You can't even transfer those at 900 megs a second. At, um, even at some 4K high, high 444 and all that stuff. So it's uh, it's nuts. <laughs> so it's going to make it very, very possible to do some crazy, nutty, high def, high resolution you know, images and audio out of your camera. It's going to be crazy. Oh, my God. It's okay. So we are doing a new segment at the beginning of every episode because instead of just jibber-jabbering, we wanted to have a bit like, what's new? Like, what's new with you? It could be family stuff. could be news stuff. And yeah. today we nerded out a little bit. Yep. I mean, we should have Jeff Harmon on to talk about that because Jeff Harmon's a guru of this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I'm sure he's already planning his podcast he's right probably now. Talk- yeah. Photo Taco either has been recorded about it or he's about to record it. So if we beat you, Jeff, sorry. I just got excited about that as I read it yesterday, <laughs> oh, and here we are. <laughs> well, we haven't covered it the way Jeff would cover it anyway. No, no, not at all. <laughs> so we got to have him on afterwards. That's crazy. I'm not even sure I understand what it all means and whether or not I love that. But if I get a camera or if I buy the Dragon or the Red camera that is recording an 8K video, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I'll really want that SD card. But yeah. for my current use, uh, no, I don't need it. 64 gig is plenty for me. Yeah. And I yeah. don't want to get more than that that I could lose off of the Cape Kawanda Basin. Yeah, I, I don't think it's so much as much as losing the amount of images. It's just that it's going to make it more possible to have larger res, and then it won't slow your camera down. I mean, if you're moving at 900 megs a second, that's a lot of data. That's I mean, incredible. That's, that's yeah. freaking incredible. I mean, that just means that bodes well, I hope, for my computer hard drives. Oh yeah, this is it's going to change. There it's the too. future, and it, it's coming. And, and I, I, it's mind blowing. I, I mean, that's stuff I couldn't even imagine oh, even yeah. happening this this soon. So now, forgive me for one last nerd question, but you might understand it better than I do. Solid state drive and a flash card, flash memory card, are roughly the exact same thing, right? They will be with this new, yeah, with this new thing. It's actually working on the NVE slash PCI um, uh, format. Well, that formats the interface with it's the It's the motherboard. same as, basically, they're basically making the SD card the same as an SSD card, basically. So using the, the same transfer technology. construction of it is a little different currently. Yeah, but the chip inside will be basically the same. And if you can run, okay, man, that's amazing. It's going to be, think it's about nuts. the weight it's of nuts. your phone, the weight. Actually, the phone already is using it. I mean, the phone weight is all battery and hardware. Mm-hmm. So just think about, oh, guys, okay, I'm done. Nerding out is so over. So all we need is better battery technology, guys. <laughs> Once we get better batteries, oh, man, the future oh is going to be fun. It's awesome. So what's new with Aaron King? Oh, I'm sleeping. It's nice. Um, the first day after 23 days of doing this, when I was driving back Dude, I hope you from slept Natural for 24 Bridges, hours. <laughs> literally, I almost did. I got back, went to sleep at 1130 and woke up at noon the next day. Nice. Now, I woke up several times and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not getting up. Yeah, yeah. I can't do it. And so, Four more hours. <laughs> <laughs> four more years. Four more years. I'm thinking Steve Holt. Um, that... <laughs> whole thing of driving and recording myself and talking to the camera and telling the stories and then all of a sudden 23 days have come and gone and the next day I'm driving back from Natural Bridges and I'm not talking to the camera. I'm not Mm. saying something to my phone about, okay, day night 24 here, guys. I was so glad to just be done. Done. 
Yeah. This episode, we're going to talk about the trips that Brendan and I have done together that complete everything except for Oregon. Next week's episode is with Oregon with Kurt Kais, and we're out there with Claudia. And so we had a fun time out in Oregon with the 23-day chase. And so we'll save those stories for then. We'll talk about these. But first, a quick reminder about the contest. If you haven't posted your pictures yet in our Facebook group, go to the Photog Adventures listeners group. Join it if you haven't already joined it and post a picture as some Milky Way anywhere that you've taken it in June from somewhere you've never been before. Mm-hmm. If you didn't even know this contest existed to win a Royce Bear ebook, the ebook from Royce Bear called Milky Way Nightscapes, and you didn't know this contest was even going on, but you happened in June to go somewhere you've never been before and took a Milky Way shot, post it, post yeah. it, share it. Yeah. Because we're going to take the best two and award you guys. An ebook from Royce Bear, and you guys will love it. We freaking love the book ourselves, and so absolutely we're excited. And we're going to have the good man on here again really soon, live, mm-hmm. doing a Facebook Live as we record the podcast so we can talk more about the national park situation and lighting out there. Yeah, and how things are looking up. Oh, way up. Yeah. Thanks to the campaign of Wayne Pinkston and Royce Bear, things are awesome. looking incredible. Good work, guys. So want to remind you guys about that, and those of you who are thinking about doing Milky Way workshops, I can't believe June is almost up and July's here because July mm-hmm. we took off July we weren't going to do any workshops after all we thought originally we might do a salt flats workshop but there wasn't much wasn't much interest in that workshop and we want to do a retreat we could probably do it yeah. next year with more and just talking about it announcing yeah. it and make it happen but this year it's such a fantastic place it is yeah. and it's beautiful we should do it earlier in the year so they can get mm. the same Milky Way panorama yeah. stuff yeah. and so we'll work on that we'll do the retreat slash workshop where we're going to have other lectures come in and teach you things and so we'll have that something for the future yeah maybe not even next year but maybe in 2020 that'd be a really cool 2020 2020 yeah. I agree it could be fantastic it might be time for Photog Adventures to do something like that because you guys let us know comment back I mean that's what we want to do maybe 2020 could we could meet in Wendover which is just literally like a half an hour from the salt flats, really. No, right? it's like 10 minutes. Oh, I mean, it's so close. Yeah. You sleep and, there uh, and come out with us at night. I mean, so we could have a retreat there, right, at a hotel. And do a whole day lecture, teaching Milky Way photography, teaching and other stuff. salt flats at night, I mean, mm. even to the Knolls, which would be like an hour drive from there, if less, less than an hour. You, and you it mean. would cost the same amount as a regular workshop, guys. We're just also going to teach during the day. It might be a yeah. few hundred dollars more, but not much. So think of a four-night mm-hmm. workshop, Milky Way workshop, that has also added bonus of more guest speakers and guest stuff. speakers yeah, and yeah. Lit teaching. It's just really, it's fun. Be really fun. Really, really cool. So let us know if you guys like it in 2019. We'll do it in 2019. Otherwise, we'll do it in about June or May of 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we didn't do any workshop in July, and we're it's already happened. We're at the very end. We're not going to risk Milky Way workshops in October, November with like an hour and a half or 20 minutes of Milky Way time. That's yeah. a waste of your guys' money. Yeah. September, we're all in Faroe Islands. We go to Europe from the 6th until the 20th second mm-hmm. so we are gone all of september so the last chance for a milky way workshop with us is in august and we have a fortnight workshop in goblin valley that's available go check out the link at photogadventures.com forward slash adventures and we haven't announced this yet but we really felt like july we're missing out on having more chances of milky way photography but some people can't go to a fortnight workshop some people don't have the time or money to do a four-night workshop, but they have the time and money for a two-night workshop. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do two two-night workshops, and they are both in Escalante. So if you've always wanted to go out to Escalante and see Dance Hall Rock 
and Go and Devil's Garden. We will not go to Sunset Arch unless the whole group there is like, no, we're going to do the hike. Let's do Sunset Arch mm. instead of Dance Hall Rock. Goblin or uh, Devil's Garden has so many options there that we have to do Devil's Garden because oh, yeah. everyone oh, yeah. can learn easily from there, and there's a lot of opportunity to go and yeah. shoot. So we're going to do Devil's Garden for sure in either one. But then it's up to the group whether we do Sunset Arch or go out to Dance Hall Rock. And so this is going to be fantastic opportunity for a two-night workshop over Monday and Tuesday, a Monday night and a Tuesday night, or a Friday night and Saturday night. So if the weekend works better for you, check it out. It is going live. As you're listening to this right now, you can find it on our website, photogadventures.com forward slash adventures, or the link down below directly to the information. Just know, guys, just know that when you go in there, you're going to buy it at the same price for each workshop. And so you just have to wait for an email from me that says, hey, which one did you want? The Monday, Tuesday one or the Friday, Saturday one? And you just clarify it there. So don't worry when you can't see which one am I buying? Am I buying this one or that one? It's just you're putting your registration payment down. You're making sure you got it. And then we just make sure we figure out which one you wanted to join us for. Cool. So join us for the Goblin Valley Workshop or Escalante. It's the last two of the year. Mm. Hope you guys will come out with us. Lastly, I'm running out of breath announcing all these things. I've been trying to get all the patrons to give me their information for stickers. And I have one for James Kelly that I owe you, James. I know your address already, so I don't know why I waited to hear back from you. And so I saw a note from you that I missed that you said, hey, you have any more stickers? I do. I just got a whole new batch of them, all three sizes, bumper sticker size, large size, and small sticker size. And so we have these Photog Adventure logo stickers for you guys. If you're a patron you haven't received it yet, make sure you contact me some way, best way that you like, and give me your address, your mailing address address so I can mail them out to you right away. If you haven't gotten them yet, please contact me. If you have two and one just tore terribly, let me know. I'll send you a replacement. Let's do it. So then that and Milkweed Photographers is really close. If you guys have been doing Milkweed Photography all year and you're ready to earn your January, February, March, April, May, June, all those stickers and other stickers like different foregrounds to get your achievements, well, it's actually still happening. I've had an artist working on it for the last month and we have really cool stickers coming and uh, yeah, just really excited to get that site active and give you guys the stickers decided to wait until the stickers were done for the site but join us for milkywayphotographers.com still because we want to celebrate you guys having an awesome year of milky way because i think 2018 oh, so been far fantastic. it's been a fantastic year it really has yeah it really has been great really enjoyed this year so far <laughs> <laughs> so i can't wait to see all of you guys submissions for proving that you've earned the achievement and we can check out your photography and talk about it and uh give you guys your stickers sent for you from milkwayphotographers.com again anyone who's a patron can have it you have to be a patron though so two dollars and up patrons can be a part of milkwayphotographers.com so i'm done talking oh my gosh brendan too many announcements so start us off Oof. with the show before i keep blabbing on okay so uh we're gonna start off talking about fantasy canyon that's a place that we had seen many pictures of, wanted to go for a while now. It's dark Just, site out there in Inverno, we thought, so it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so we thought. So we <laughs> go out there, and uh, it's quite a drive from where we were, even from your parents, which is already kind of out that direction. Um, wow, it was far, farther than I thought it was. Like three, was it three hour drive? It was a good two and a half, three hour drive from yeah. our valley here in Salt Lake Valley. Yeah. So it's near, I want to say it's near the Colorado border, isn't it? It's pretty close to the border there. I'd say it's on the way there. But if you go to Vernal, Utah, you just before you get to Vernal, you turn down to go to Fantasy Canyon, which is just south of Vernal. Right. And so uh, it was uh, very interesting to get to. I do not think it'd be possible to make it there if we did not have cell phones with right? directions giving us 
the way. I mean, it was nuts. Every road in the cell phone direction was the same name, even though we turned left and turned right, and yet there oh, were yeah. other roads around there. It's not crisscrossing like we all over. Yeah, it's not like we were going on like a big circle, and that's why they're all named the same name. Right. The road was the same name, like Fantasy Canyon Boulevard or something, or something like that, and it was every road was that. And so yeah, if I was, was using a paper name, map like... and following that, I'd have to have a navigator in the passenger seat in order to do it, and maybe then we'd still be unsuccessful. Yeah, because it was like it was like dirt road crisscrossing everywhere, and there's like no distinction between them at all. No, especially in the night. Don't try and oh, do it at yeah. night. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so thankfully, we had a phone. We overlook the simplicity it is now that we have with these mm. smartphones that we've really only had since the 2007 iPhone. We've had phones with cameras. We've had phones with blueberries that you know could email people. But the fact that you can have a Garmin, TomTom navigation unit, MapQuest right in your phone, yeah. and now it's Google Maps telling you, sometimes not accurately, but like too accurate for their own good, as we mm. talked about in Little Moab, that the situation of having a phone know where you are and tell you where to go, it has made traveling to locations like Fancy Canyon that you normally wouldn't head off to so much easier. And I think even the early GPSs wouldn't even have accurate directions maybe and to a place like that. For those of you who remember those days where you had to get your CD installed, put it in there, install that program for that area. Yeah. I mean, you just, you made your decisions differently. There was no like on a whim, I'm going to go out to a location that I've never heard of before right. out in the middle of a desert where I could get a flat tire and be alone for hours on end. And I think this is the topic we can have an, uh, for another discussion is that very thing is why photographers think they go out to a location there and they see, they always see someone else there now and their right. favorite location that they always used to have to themselves. Now there's like five other people there constantly. And I think this is, you know. One thing that Brendan and I are going to do here every month is have a, we loved our Rusty Parkhurst episode mm -hmm. where we had everyone on there with us. We were live and doing the episode and kind of having a group discussion yeah. while we did the podcast. And so we're going to do that once a month now, and it's going to be fun. And I think we should mm -hmm. include that in there on the once a month discussion topic. Yeah, so because, we'll look for that topic as we come up later on. Yeah, we'll have to post a yeah. date when we're going to actually go live so people can get prepared for it in advance, like weeks in advance. Let's hey, do it. okay. At least a week. At least a good week in Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that'd be a great topic for that. So, so Fantasy Canyon, Fantasy yeah. Canyon, Milky Way Photography, what went well and what didn't go well? My first thing, I, I can't think of really something that went well. Mm. I have more things that were challenging there yeah. than went well. Do you have anything to put in the what went well category? You know, um, as I looked at my images, uh, the, it is a very dark site, except for the fact that yeah. there is like these oil rigs or I don't know what the heck is Fracking? out there. I, I don't I'm know not sure. I don't know if it's like, Potash. yeah. There's just There's something going on going out there. On. there. Yeah, there's some kind of stuff going on there. And Fantasy Canyon is a lot smaller than I thought it was too. It's just this tiny little pocket <laughs> yeah. in the area that's just so unique because it's just these big rounded dirt mounds everywhere, right? And then the canyon just somehow, I don't know if it was water and it had tons of wind and stuff, but it kind of like, revealed itself or got carved out yeah. of like the sandstone that was underneath these big mounding because I'm, I'm sure there's still more under oh, similar right. rock under these big mounds right and you can hike on these big huge mounds and it looks like there's just nothing and as soon as you look down you're like holy cow this place is crazy <laughs> and so um at first i got out of the truck and i walked and i was like wow these structures are amazing but then i realized there's got to be more and so i went back to Aaron and said this is awesome come come check it out and so and then we walked around and, and I did some more exploring and found the, the bigger part of Fantasy Canyon, which the main goes even part deeper. The canyon where you walk through the yeah. pathway takes you. Yeah. 
So we started taking pictures and then we noticed there's this nasty green light being shown on the mounds behind our rocks. It's not just light pollution bloom that you have to worry about. It's not about. light bloom. It's ridiculous lights hitting your terrain that's color casting it green. I don't even think it was a sodium high whatever. You whatever know, bulb it was, it, it was, was nasty. nasty green. And these were already like kind of a reddish type of rock like. Or at least it was when we shown our yellowish, light on it. Yeah, I guess they are kind of more of Yellow, a white, white, orange. white, yellowy rock. I thought so too. Yeah, maybe more a little slightly yellow, but but with our orange light that we had um, with the filter on it, it actually showed more look look kind of more like red rock, which was nice, which was a cool. Look. But when you have red rock, which looks good, and then you have this nasty green highlight above it, it's Ugh. just so contrary. It's just is it horrible. And so um, it was a huge challenge trying to get in a position where those did not show. That's true. Yeah. And they almost, sh- they showed in almost every, and it was crazy bright. And it was like, we're talking like a thousand yards away, you and know, it's just like a boring mound. It has no cool structure and it's being lit up right from this light, which is on the other side, which is another thousand yards away from the other direction from where the, where <laughs> the mound is. And it was just, but it was just so bright that you can see with your naked eye, like brightly, you could be like, "Wow, uh, this is horrible." Why do they have to flood the area like that? I get there for security, but can't they just flood directly on their property? Do they have to flood the freaking thousand yards what, around it? I know, and so I'm, I'm, I'm already starting to fantasize while I'm there of like putting up some <laughs> kind of, you know, like some kind of like inspector gadget arm that jack up and put a big, like, you know, board across somehow the light it. so it somehow blocks when it's shining that direction. I put a big <laughs> shadow over the fantasy canyon then i won't have that nasty green light shining but um if you guys see the video yeah. on youtube Ugh. of fantasy canyon you can see in my pictures how i actually just completely clone it out i select it i completely autofill it with uh, you know content aware fill and then fix the little edges that i had so i just completely take out that mound from my picture and yet i have a completely different technique that i could do a video on later and show you guys you kept how the hill i in, kept right? the hill hip kept the hill in and used a technique that i learned just recently and then um it worked out really well that's I was something that we're reserving contr- co- uh, completely correct the color on it so yeah so that's interesting and that's something we're reserving for our patrons only and that's something that i mm-hmm. think you can share how you did it with the patrons, and so yeah. we can put that on there because we owe the patrons a lot more cool stuff, we and do. that's a really cool thing. Yep. So his technique of just changing the color and fixing it, and my technique of just wiping it out entirely. Yeah. So that'd be fun to share because those pictures turned out good. I mean, looking at what went well and what didn't go well, ignoring the fact that we have a picture of a Milky Way, and you know it's okay. I mean, people even like it. A lot of people will say, "Oh, it looks awesome." And yeah, I, I didn't think it was awesome. I thought it was okay. Maybe there's being nice, and so it's just. That went well. We got pictures, but man, the light pollution. And the other thing that you need to know about Fantasy Canyon, if you've always thought about going there, do not, I mean, this sounds like a stupid tip because we say it all the time. Don't go there in the night only. Go there in the day because you need to spend some hours. You need to see, yeah, your composition is going to, yeah. The area is just too weird. It's not normal. It's, (laughs) It's like someone jammed gum into a mold of like some weird organic, coral shape and then destroyed the pretty coral and all you're left is with the terrible negative space in there that just looks like goopy little weird arms and it all of them nothing has symmetry nothing Mm. has balance everything is oblong weird uh, it's like a weird absurd abstract it's like an abstract very abstract times a thousand so trying to use similar methods of you know good composition around an abstract shape 
it's kind of like, okay, we'll feature the abstract shape mm-hmm. and, you know, distract, get rid of all the distractions. But there's thousands of distractions everywhere. Yeah, it's really hard to focus on one thing. So definitely, I think it's definitely worth going back to. Oh, yeah. But I definitely want to go uh, right before sunset and really check it out. We've and then really got to yeah. find a thing that we could feature. Something that can be balanced. Right. Because I spent so much time with stuff that I thought looked cool. And I take the picture and just look at it after it go, I just don't know if anyone's going to get what I'm focusing on yeah. without burning down everything but one item. And then it just kind of looks weird. Right. It, it's, yeah. It's, it's an interesting place. It's a challenge to get something as a feature. So when we did the panorama, I like that. But mm-hmm. then it takes all of the weirdness and makes it this texture at a smallest third of it the minimizes image. minimizes it. Right. And yeah. very minimized. And yeah. so uh, it's didn't go well to feature it well because you just got to find something prominent and balanced compositionally. Yeah. And that just wasn't possible on that night. And I was still really, really tired. (laughs) We were really tired. Yeah, we were. And, uh, but luckily we were staying at your parents' place and we were able to actually crash. Not that night. Two nights. Fantasy Canyon. We slept in the back of the truck. Oh, that's right. We woke up to the beating hot sun at like 7, 8 a.m. That's true. And I, I honestly couldn't sleep. I think I got maybe three hours maybe at most. I woke up with the typical disorientation of waking up in a place that's not your home and you were nowhere to be seen. So I couldn't figure out what was going on. <laughs> and I was like, where am I? Why am I here? And you weren't there. You were gone. And so you didn't sleep more than a few hours at most. Yeah. I, I tried sleeping for an hour inside the truck just because I was like irritated in the back from just i don't know i don't know what it was sunlight bugging you you went maybe in there and- the sun sun was up yeah i ended up putting my sunglasses on and and uh, trying to take another another hour nap inside but <laughs> sometimes that was rough that was a rough night yeah sometimes adventuring out here it can really take a toll on you especially oh, yeah. when you're trying to go out to a milky way every night so it's like we got to get to the next location and we ended up going from salt lake county over to vernal and then down at a diagonal to go through into Price area and then from there over to Richfield. Mm-hmm. And we went to Richfield to get our printing out at this one printer. Yeah. And yep. it went terribly wrong. No, like for that hours was, and hours. Yeah. I mean, working with printers um, can be a challenge for sure. This is one one thing I was not expecting. I mean, the printing company that we were trying to, we're, so we're trying to match up the same exact quality and print and frame for the guys in Escalante, for the for the hotel there. The Canyon Country Lodge has oh, all these cool man. pictures up already, and they want one of our Milky Way shots, and so we're matching it perfect for them, and that's what the challenge. The challenge is the designer who did all the color correcting and all the profiling for the printer that they have, which is like a $16,000 printer that prints on canvas, right? So it's really high end. But when I gave him my file, we printed it, it looked like garbage. Green, kind of black and white. It was grayish green, like pea like pea soup green <laughs> tone Ugh. over the whole entire image. I'm like, wow, this looks like the army took my image and put their color scheme on it. <laughs> Make sure it's going to hide well in the battlefield. Yeah. So I don't need a camouflage <laughs> version of my image. I want my image. So and we ended so, up spending oh hours there and we couldn't go down to Escalante like we planned to. No. It was getting too late. And, and that's I felt where... bad because we kept the employees there for an hour after they wanted to go home. Yeah, and it Sorry, was just, guys. it was a nightmare. But it did provide us an opportunity to go to my parents' house that did give us a nice, like he had his own queen-size bed, I had my own queen-size bed in separate rooms even. And your parents were out of town, so we had the whole place to ourselves <laughs> the first night. It was yeah. fantastic. We just slept in. Watched it was Seinfeld great. episodes, watched a movie. Had air conditioning. Oh, uh, it was great. Yeah. 
So then we spent a few hours there instead of going to Escalante, and we needed to go do some Milky Way. Right. Thinking, what could be cool? We haven't done a farm implement and a Milky Way. We haven't done that temple that's nearby. We had a bad mm-hmm. time at the Payson Temple. Let's try the Logan Temple, which the is... Manti. Oh, yeah, I said Logan. <laughs> Manti Temple, which is close by and also in a low-level light pollution area. Right. So let's go for Small it. Small town, temples on a hill. <laughs> could be really easy, uh, right? Should have been. So we're Google mapping it. We're like, oh, there's some dirt roads that go up here that could be kind of cool. We get up there. No. Oh, my gosh. So then we traverse back down this dirt hill dirt road hill and go back around to the parking lot where it's way better. But then we have the same light pollution problem as we did. Things have changed. The temples in Utah, at least have all apparently been given different lighting, like six spotlights. They've installed extra lights that just brighten the sky. It's Are they on all night. Do they turn these things off? I mean, I'm assuming not, but we were there after midnight. We were, weren't we? Yeah. And so we had to go back to a plan B, which is okay. I think we'll find something on the farm. That's something that he saw, that Aaron saw earlier on the farm. And so we thought, okay, maybe the sprinklers might work because that's kind of a cool big silhouette. And yeah, we drove right to the spot where you had already kind of previously scouted, huh? We knew that we needed to get to a spot that wasn't going to be blocked off by a fence and keep us from having to trespass on someone's property Uh, to do. So we wanted something really close to the road, and we were looking away from the road and not having to show the road. Mm -hmm. And we found the perfect setup. The only thing I wish was better was if it had like a little bit more of a diagonal angle away from us more. Yeah, because the sprinkler was yeah the, the sprinkler was going right down the road, and if it was maybe just turned a little bit. Yeah, it would have been, been a been, little bit more interesting. Yeah, huh? yeah. But in this, in the sense of trying to get a composition with a sprinkler, if you guys know those farm sprinklers that pivot on one point and then swing out in a big semicircle or sometimes a full circle, yeah, they have really tall wheels and they're really high up. I'm I'm short already, and it's probably what 15 feet of. 10 to 15 feet high off That's the ground. It's all 10 feet, yeah. And so it's really high off the ground in front of your camera. And so when you're setting up your composition, you're looking up at it mm-hmm. and including mm-hmm. it in a shot with the sky high up. And so I don't know how you went for your shot, but I went portrait orientation mm-hmm. and did a pano where all I was doing was getting the ground just enough and all sky. I didn't do mm. two rows or three rows. I just kept it where it distorted on my lens at the bottom and pulled the ground down a little bit more and minimized that mm-hmm. and then kind of stretched the silhouette high and kind of carried it to the other third and focused on the Milky Way. You know, it's mostly vertical at this point and so kind of focused on how the Milky Way goes up into the sky and it's oh, awesome. So nice. I just kept that nice, long, tall panel. What did you do? I think I did... Most of mine were just single frame, um, 15 millimeters, so as wide as my lens goes, and I got the pivot onto the the first two-thirds, and then just going just off into the, you know, vanishing point to the right, to the far right, and then a little bit of light pollution, which was kind of cool, kind of a pinkish, yellowy color, which is kind of neat to see. That was cool, right? Yeah, because normally it's like very yellow, right? And this is very pink. salmon and pink. Yeah. Which is actually really cool it and different like and quite Aurora. complimentary. Yeah, it was like because you got a kind of a bluish sky and then you get this pink mm-hmm. light pollution in the bright, you know, yellowy sand color of the Milky Way going yeah. over. And it was just like this was actually really cool. So I, I really enjoyed the shot. I think I just <laughs> did a single wide frame and it worked out really well. In post processing, it was hard to not 
squelch that pink. I was trying to keep it. So mm. I brought my saturation up a little bit just so that I can keep that pink. Yeah, yeah. And I think in the Instagram edit that came in there, because as I've been doing all of this Milky Way every night, saving time on dodging and burning has been really awesome to get everything where I like it and then bring it into Instagram and let it do an edit on there. We like Brendan's shot over in Salt Flats where he used one of the filters on Instagram and I was like, let's just try it. It'll save me some time, and I'll use them. And I've been using on ever since, and it's been great. And mm -hmm. I, that changed my pink into a little bit of an orange and yellow. But still, uh, for a simple image, simple look, I think it turned out cool. Oh, yeah. and then Jupiter is nice and glowy above that pink. I like that. Oh, yeah. And then you got – is that Mars there on the uh, just above the pivot as well? Yeah, it is right there. Yeah. So really cool. I mean, you can have a lot of fun with the, with the planets. I mean, we aligned – I mean, I mean, not intentionally, I guess, but sort of. I mean, right. we align the, the planets with the objects, and it's actually really cool to play with those other, you know, things in the sky and to really uh, make that part of your composition. I noticed that in a lot of times we have Jupiter and Mars, and I, I left a panel, um, oh, I guess I'll talk about it later on, about Little Moab because they're both in my shot from there too. So. Oh, right on. Um, but yeah, that was actually pretty cool. It's a good spot. It's nice and dark. I mean, the Milky Way was even dark. I could see the Milky Way from your parents' driveway. Oh, yeah. Total dark sky location. It was fantastic. I'm like, dude, I could take a picture of your dad's huge radio antenna with the Milky Way <laughs> right here and then go to bed. <laughs> you know, I could have got really right easy there. for us. <laughs> Instead, we spent two and a half hours of like trying all those all sorts of things. But it was still fun though. I love the pivot and the and the um and the sprinkler. And some guy had mentioned is like you know, on, on the YouTube video, he commented, out of all the times I shot at my dad's farm, I never thought about including the pivot. <laughs> it's like, like, oh, it's wow. like, that's the first thing I thought about. I was like, we got to have this thing in there. It's cool. <laughs> it's got the shape. It's got thickness. It breaks the plane going vertical yeah. and then carries on. Like it gives context to where those, you know, curves are coming from on that yeah. little pole. So yeah, I just never thought about it without it. Yeah, exactly. I just thought this is part of the this is part of the structure. This is part of the story. This has got to be in there. So, so that ended up being a simple Milky Way night, but turned out really fun. Turned out really well. It was good. So let's yeah. go ahead and take our only break of the podcast, and we'll come back. And we'll talk about Escalante, Silver Lake, Little Moab, and end this episode. All right. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast, uh, episode eighty three. We're halfway through. Uh, we're halfway through the episode. Ever halfway through get. the episode, we're, we're only, only giving you 166, 166 episodes, people. <laughs> so, right <laughs> which is still a lot, actually, when you think about it. Average podcast. <laughs> I wonder if I'll remember. What is it, the average podcast has like less than 40 episodes? Oh yeah, the average podcast because yeah. there's so many podcasts that start up and go 10 episodes and die. It's crazy. And there's some op some podcasts that go for a very long time for thousand, years. Thousand episode 1,125. Holy cow! Yeah. I, I would be amazed if we can get to a thousand episodes. <laughs> that's gonna be a long. I'm not going that's a anywhere. long time. Are you going anywhere? Yeah, I just. That's ten years from now. <laughs> Who knows where we're gonna <laughs> be in ten years? So uh, we could live in other countries by then. Let's just think about that for a while. <laughs> ten years, people. Ten years. You want to be with us then? People listening right now are thinking, <laughs> "I don't want to listen. I don't want to listen to these guys for, for ten years. years. Jeez, I'll be done with photography by then." Yeah, I'm going to pack it in. Pack it in. Okay, anyway, so uh, we Anyways, went from the next day, segue. we actually did go to Escalante. We did make it out there. We did go, after all. We did go, after all. We had intentions of going twice, right? Or something like that? We were going to go two nights. We were going to go, go two the nights. first night, so we went the second night, and even then we didn't come as early as we planned. Oh, no, we even then we got way late. like four in the afternoon, and we arrived at 11.30. Yeah, so, you know, we uh, it was fine. We got there. It was dark. 
it was already dark. We could see the Milky Way clearly when we got out of the car. Yeah. But we could see that somebody else had already set up as well. There was a truck there. We saw one camera. He was, I think he was standing by the camera. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like, oh, hey, guys, I've got some other cameras going on time lapse right now. We're just like, oh. We'll not put our lights like, up. Sorry, man. What are we going to do? Like, we were hoping to be the only ones out here. You know, because we want to film ourselves. We we already missed the, the goal, the window opportunity of filming ourselves out there with daylight. Right. Because it makes a much better YouTube video when we're actually there in daylight. Right. Showing the terrain that we're about to do a Milky Way on and then have the dark frame. Which is fantastically awesome terrain, too. Yeah. I just, it kills me that it's actually pretty hard to drive four hours and get somewhere on time when you're mm. w- barely woke up around noon and right. now you've got to try and get down there. It's like, well, I want some lunch. I want to get this. Oh, gads, that is a huge challenge to go out every night and just be on location before dark. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's insane. It's oh. almost impossible. And the fact that we had to just turn around and go right back that same night was just, it's crazy, feeling. like exhausting. <laughs> so when we arrived, oh, we're thinking, yeah. ah, we lost our chance not only to see everything in the daylight with the camera, but someone else is already here doing a time lapse. He has lights out right now, and he's telling us because, he's, you know, I don't want you guys to turn on too many lights if that's okay. I'm like, yeah, that's totally fine. But now, now we can't shine light on ourselves to film anything mm-hmm. once we get out there. And as you saw in the YouTube video, it is just floating heads. Brendan's the only one out there because he had the only phone to record with. And um, he used the light of what your your camera's LCD screen and your phone to light yeah. your face, and yeah. so you're just a floating face in darkness telling yeah. a story real quick. So I mean, <laughs> I really, I really want to find out and do some more research on a really good IR camera. I guess you know what we I mean. We do need something that doesn't put off light that shows us and shows yeah. the terrain better. Because I've got an IR. I think I have an IR floodlight, like a little tiny, you know, like little four inch. Kind of like security flooding. Yeah. And it, and it's just IR. So I want to experiment with that because I think if we just hold this thing up in it and we could flood ourselves with IR, Dude, completely invisible to our cameras. <laughs> and yet we would be totally like bright as day in an IR camera. So That'd it could be, be a lot of fun and it could be a much better result for you guys, I think. Other than uh, Photog Adventures practically looking black and white at that point. Yeah. Will be a lot better YouTube channel. Yeah. And I think it's fine to look black and white, as, but we'll it's definitely nice. show more detail. You those know? people who love those Ghost Hunter TV shows, they're black and white the whole <laughs> exactly, time. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So then he's talking to us about his light situation, and we're starting talking to him. Mm-hmm. And he, he does he stops the, thing, us. <laughs> the thing that Brendan and I are now, like, it's always surprising that it happens. But because it's happened enough times before, mm-hmm. when someone does that and starts talking to us and then they hesitate, I think both of us think right away, oh, I wonder if he recognizes us. Because you mm. can he- hear that in the hesitation. You're like, oh, I bet they're going to say something. And he's like, wait, you guys, are you the photo guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so freaking flattering. So amazingly flattering. And then is Scott, dude. It was awesome. He was just like, he was just like, wow, I can't believe you guys are here. Like I was just <laughs> watching your videos <laughs> on YouTube. It's Scott Waldick and he was just beyond weirded out that he had just watched our YouTube videos. He's going to Escalante. He had followed us for probably the last couple, last month mm-hmm. or so, really, since he found us. Yeah. And then he shows up in Escalante and who shows up at midnight but us. Yeah. It's like, hey. And we're the only ones out there. He was all alone until we showed up, and he's like, I can't believe you guys are here. This is so crazy. <laughs> it's crazy for us, too. I mean, we don't think in any by any means that we're becoming well-known or famous. No. But it's really cool that 
in a hobby that we love, doing something that interests us so much that we've done a lot of sharing on our podcast and our YouTube channel mm -hmm. of us doing it, that obviously those people who like that and in, are interested in that too are going to find us somewhere, and then they're also going to be doing it too. Mm -hmm. And so the more we do what we love, we're going to run into people. Just, yeah. It's yeah. a smaller world instantly just because it's that niche hobby and they found us on YouTube because they love that niche hobby. Right. And then if they're going to go out and do the niche hobby, if we're all out. And they're going to go to the, some of our favorite locations because we keep talking about them and saying how awesome they are. So, and yeah, they're of course. obvious locations yeah. to go to. So ah, it's just still, it's mind boggling to come across someone who's actually heard your voice a lot. Yeah. And you have never met them before. No, where it's literally, guys, it's pitch black. And we've had this happen before in, in Arches, which is actually no surprise because Arches is, uh, you know, there's always a thousand people there. But right. Um, but this is pitch black. We're the only ones out there. And he's just like, wait, you guys sound familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, really? Like, this is crazy. But I always think about it in terms of we have like a thousand. I always think like we only have a thousand followers, right? Because I, I always feel like we have a thousand downloads from our podcast. Yeah. And so I always think about like terms of like we have a thousand fans. It's pretty cool. And I, but I think of them as spread out all over the world. I don't think about him as like, you know, well, I mean, he lives in Colorado and he drove, he drove. He went first to California. This is on his right, way back. Right, on his way back. Yeah. His family went home. He's he's doing some Milky Way on the way back. And um, and wow, just happened to be there just exactly the same time, which is crazy. And so it's kind of like the chaos theory where I think it's <laughs> right. it's like you take the chaos theory and you put in the intention that people are supposed to run into each other, which is why there's always someone there when you're going to turn left. Seriously, always, even at the temple on the Logan night or uh, Manti night, yeah. no one on the road, everywhere we drove. And then we come out of the only road we're coming out of to the main to road. Turn left. And, and then, someone coincidentally is in the timing that we'd crash into him. If, if we, we went, went at the same right time, away. we'd run into him. Yeah. Uh, it's like, how are you the only person on the road yeah. and timed it so well that we would intersect? If we it's, like, it's, like, it's like the world's run on this crazy algorithm <laughs> that's continually running. And it's only purpose of the algorithm is to make people collide. Because as soon as you want to turn right into your street, there's someone walking across the street <laughs> at exactly the same pace, exactly the same time. I mean, it's just it's just nuts, and, and it you happens sit there for an hour every day. And that won't happen again. But yeah, because you were driving there, it did happen. Yeah, and it's every day, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure you guys experience the same thing. Oh yeah, some of you right now are in your car driving, and someone just barely pulled in front of you, and you're about to turn left, and it just happened right now to you as we're saying it. Right. <laughs> so you know that does happen. Actually, let us not be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So that's a there's our little little mini rant for you guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so as far as our photography out in Escalante, um, awesome that Scott was setting up lights because oh, that was yeah. cool. So yeah, so Scott did lights. set up lights. He had one time lapse going at the Metate Arch, and then he had another light going on another arch on the other side, which we hadn't actually gone to yet. And it was kind of more like a bridge because it wasn't really so much of a, as a arching. I guess Metate Arch really isn't arch either. It's just more of a, like a little sand. Well, why would bridge. you call it an arch? I mean, it is an arch. I mean, just because it doesn't have that, like that, you know, rounded arch, it's just more like a bridge. I think of it more of like a flat bridge. Well, don't forget but... that Medate Arch has a leg that goes up and then comes off, and it happens to have uh, two arms. But it's just kind of straight out, though, you know, as so far as like... So you just think of an arch as being something that has a semi Like an arch shape. is an actual arch, right? It I mean, you get these big arches that, that are these sandstone... Like so if arc, it makes the T shape or an H arcs shape, versus... those are arches to you. Yeah. Bridges so when I think of an arch, I think of an arc, right? Whereas like an hmm. arch... I think of more like a bridge. Like when we went to um, 
when we did that little bit of off-roading uh, at uh, Canyonlands, and we came across that that natural. It was called a natural bridge because it was just oh, like the flat one across. That you walk out and you can't see it till you look down. Yeah, like, oh, and you look down, it's like it this huge, like thousand foot drop. You're like, holy like cow! Indiana Jones but there's bridge. like this bridge that goes across, and I think of it more like that. But I guess if a I guess a bridge would be more like a near chasm, whereas an arch is above the above i guess the ground so i don't know i think aaron's what new next week will be my education on brent of brendan of whether or not that qualifies as an arch because yeah maybe I'm arch is above ground arc being part of arch but it is because it is it's just an h at the end <laughs> <laughs> wait what <laughs> so beyond the semantics of an arch versus a bridge because a natural bridge is like a big land mass and a gap and right. that's a natural bridge and then an arch is where it's on its own it's just an arch mm. of rock but anyway yeah that place, I forgot what you were saying about he it. Was it. Set it was he so had his lights set up already. <laughs> oh, so he already had lights set up, but we figured, you know, we'll just go to the new place that we haven't been to, which he has, like, a, he said he had a couple we lights set up. We already decided we wanted to go there, too, before we even pulled up. And it just turns out that Scott was back there. Remember, mm. you said, I want to go somewhere beyond where we went last time. Oh, yeah, because I hiked up on top, mm-hmm. and I saw that there was more. Like, there's more rock. I'm like, there's more rock than what we yeah, like, there's know. There's something back there. Let's go try it out. Yeah. And that's where he was. So that actually, yeah, it was like, it was really <laughs> perfect timing. So he had a couple of those little REI, or what were they, lights? Um, uh, they were black diamond black lights. Black diamond and lights, And little, yeah. like, puff balls that you flatten and then open up. And oh. then they have little lights inside there, and the... The puff part of it becomes like a diffuser. We'll put a link down below. Okay. They work really well, but if you see the video, you can see how you might think that the light's too bright. And Scott came on yeah. the YouTube channel and commented that he forgot to cover up one of them that was right up against the rock. So it became too hot. Yeah, and I have, and I had a, a quick little fix for that as well in Lightroom that I discovered the similar thing to correcting the color. You can also oh, dude, correct you're gonna some have light to bloom. get those on the Patreon. Yeah, I'm going to get those oh. up. Yeah. So there's one thing that we're forgetting to mention about this that is just an embarrassment to me. But because we don't have lights and we can't turn on lights, Scott's guiding us out there. He wants to help us from turning on any lights that are ruining because he has two or three cameras out there, one on the arch and one on another place. And so he doesn't... He doesn't want us to find his cameras, mess up things, or put the lights on. So he's coming with us. Plus, we're just stoked to hang out with him. And he's yeah, he's just like, hey, guys, us. come join me. So we're like, like, okay, sweet. Let's do this together. <laughs> and so he's guiding us. And I'm walking behind Brendan. And Scott's holding the light of his little light low to the ground mm-hmm. so that he can see where he's going. But nothing too bright. We're letting him control the light so that nothing would get in the way of his cameras. It's his light, you know? So I'm just going, you know what? I can see everything below me. I can see different color and different darkness where there's something to avoid. Right, your eyes are starting to adjust a little bit, right? You see a little bit more of the ground. I wasn't too worried about it, and I've walked out there a lot. This direction we started going was a different path for me, but I was still not worried. Mm -hmm. Well, Brendan is between me and Scott, and Scott says something, and I can tell it's kind of a, watch out for blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's just like, watch out for that. I'm like, oh, okay. And then Brendan, I see him go up, and as I look down, unfortunately, I watch Brendan go around a dark spot. Which is like a little log, like a little piece of wood. That's what he's talking about. Avoid the dark spot. And I'm like, Brendan kind of cut that close. I'm going to (laughs) take... You know, a little extra effort of avoiding this dark spot. So I went like one step further to the right. Turns out the warning was this falls off on the right up here. You know, don't walk off this 
this it was like hill. a good 12 inch like drop <laughs> it drops be- and then slants and it's yeah. just like you roll down so i take the one fatal step <laughs> beyond the ledge one foot goes down and i'm holding my tripod with the camera on it no camera bag right. and i'm trying to keep it up like the kid the, uh, this ice cream cone on a bike when you're falling on the bike and you keep it up in the air yeah and so brandon turns around just in time to see me like hit my knee bail on my back and then slide down the thing like an armadillo with my legs in the air holding the camera up just trying not to break the stuff I'm holding I have one tripod with a light and one camera thing because I knew the tripod with a light we're going to use at some point maybe mm-hmm. and so I had those stupid things up in the air I'm taking the hit on my knee I think my knee is finally healed and I got bruises on my back oh, uh, it was but it was sandy right like where you failed there was like sand was where you fell rock. but it was it was hard sandstone and I hit it oh. with my knee first and it you know because it is the sandstone it's kind of slippery it hit that slit off yeah. of it and scraped it good I thought it's I like tore a, a hole in rug pants. burn. Yeah. Right? And then it kept slipping and slipping because I couldn't get my footing or anything to hold on. So I just yeah. kind of held on. And now I feel like a freaking moron. Scott is like, I can't believe I met you guys. This is awesome. And then I'm only <laughs> like, man down, man down. <laughs> and they're like, dude, are you okay? Are you all right? And, you know, I'm not like choking back tears or anything. It wasn't that painful, <laughs> but I felt like an idiot, a complete idiot. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I just, you know, tried to laugh it off, you know, as you're trying to be a man about it. And like, <laughs> no, but man, I took a fall and I felt like an idiot. And then just trying to come out of it, I realized how far I fell, like how much I had to climb out of the ravine. I realized how much was there. It was probably 10 feet of distance that I ended up sliding and falling. Oh, really? Yeah. From where we so were walking to the part yeah. we finally, finally Coming fell over. Coming back up, I almost slipped again because it was so like... Yeah, it's like this wonky. really... Yeah, because it was sandy we were walking and then the sand like falls down this steep mm-hmm. little Slopes ridge and then ends up at the base of it, but then... Like a chalice of rock right there that yeah, I Yeah, and it's almost like a good into. foot, foot and a half between the top of the sand where we were walking to the bottom part of the yep. rock and it was like yeah it was it was nuts <laughs> so Aaron and i didn't even realize what he said until i looked down i'm like oh whoa it drops off right there i'm glad i went to the left and then i turn around and Aaron's went to the right and i'm like uh-oh oh my gosh yeah. it was so stupid <laughs> i felt that for the next 20 30 minutes you know but no one cared brendan later talked good thing it was dark you couldn't see how bright red your face was the whole time because <laughs> no. it was pitch black and so. the tears were wiped away by the wind <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were in there doing the video and you held your camera close to your face and talked about that incident and you started calling me like an armadillo and Scott starts dying laughing. You can hear him in the background going, ha, 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 ha. Oh my God. Because he was fine. Every, we, know, we knew he was fine. It's like, okay, now we can have some fun with it. Oh, he's I was, okay. I was waiting for my pants to be cut open, bloodied, but they were fine. Oh, good. Wow. I'm glad they weren't. But Jeez. was bruised and battered. What are my chances of getting a good shot? Because in this mm. area, when you're, in this spot at that arch behind Medit Arch, you end up having very little room between you, these bushes in front of the, the bushes arch. bushes were big, too. They are, like a big yeah. mound of them, and then the Arch of Rock. And I was consistently going to use my 24-millimeter Rokinon out mm-hmm. here on the Milky mm-hmm. Way chase. I wasn't going to use the 15-millimeter Tamron. One, I've been loving the clarity and clean oh, cleanliness of yeah. my images because yeah. it doesn't have the 15-millimeter Tamron softness. A little bit of softness on the Well, you've got, a, you've got more light stops of light coming in, too. Ton more stops of yeah, lights coming it's in. Really great. I was stopping down to 2.0, and it was brilliant mm. compared to 2.8 on the right, Tamron. Right. And so I was loving that, but I still have to deal with a 24 millimeter. I can't just do a single frame like you were mm, with a 15 mm-hmm. millimeter wide. I had to do a pano. 
And from that angle, I felt, okay, this isn't working. And then this is just sheer luck that when I went out to the next spot that I actually could set up the tripod because of all the bushes, because mm-hmm. you have a few pathways that you kind of can go in between the bushes right. and then get a clear shot without bush arms, like craggy arms in front of your camera lens, that next location really did a cool thing with the rock. You remember that picture, how it shows like this bulbous end of the rock face mm-hmm. coming out towards me? Because you have this horizon of the background, distant background, and then the rock kind of runs parallel with it in your image. But in my image, the where I was standing, I ended up featuring the shape of that rock in such a way that you can see it mm. larger. Kind of it like, does look great with the Milky Way just arching right over that too. It's a cool isn't shot. Isn't it cool? Because yeah. it, it gets smaller in the background and comes larger towards the camera mm-hmm. and gets featured in a really neat way that breaks the silhouette and the plane up to be a more cool organic shape. Yeah. It has a lot of good weight right there versus yeah. where it goes background. And the arch of the Milky Way has the core next to the heaviest, weightiest part of the right. rock. And it all gets thin together, you know, back there. And it makes that left side of the pano less important all consistently. Mm-hmm. And so complete luck that I was able to get that shape because you can't tell it's an arch anymore. It's not an arch. It's just no. Yeah. It really does get minimized quite a bit. And uh, you can see there's a big tall bush right behind it. So you don't really get that separation. And so, yeah. And yeah. it's crazy because what was an arch is now just a rock structure. Right. That's it. No one would really look at that and go, Oh, look at that arch. Yeah. And, and in my case, I went around the rock cause it kind of bulges out towards that. And I went around the rock to a little kind of a, cave area that kind of goes deeper in which means i can get further back and then at 15 millimeters i actually got the rock coming around me on the left on some of my shots and then got the arch and i even got mars rising through the middle of the arch in one of my shots that um as 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 we were getting ready to go um it got a little bit later and mars came up and positioned itself right in between oh, the arch cool. and the rock below it so that was actually kind of cool to have so that you in there saw mars off through the hole through the hole the yeah arch. Oh, yeah oh, sweet so that was kind of cool to have that happen, and and so that worked out pretty good for me. And um, the crazy thing is, is that night you know, marked nine straight nights yeah. in Milky Way photography, yeah. which we have never, ever done in all of our trips. Nine in a row? No, never. No, we would have never even imagined doing nine in, right. nine in a row. Four or five, I think, was our record before then, and we never really were trying. It was right. just we were gone for a weekend, and every night we got another Milky Way shot. Right, and it happened to be <laughs> luck out, lucked out. I mean, we lucked out nine times yeah, in a row. Yeah, it's incredible. I had two bad nights in 23 nights. Two bad that nights. nuts. That's not bad at all. No. Only two bad nights. I look at this Brady Bunch picture that I have on our Instagram, and just showing the silo, the salt flats, the train trestle, little Sahara sand dunes and tree, the red ledges lucky area that we found. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The car trails even was an interesting shot there in that canyon yeah. where I went and avoided the clouds. Yeah. And then the pano over at Fantasy Canyon, the farmlands uh, with a silhouette of the, the sprinkler, and then mm-hmm. this cool bulbous rock face that has nice shadows on one side and nice light on the other side for number nine. And it's just clarity of the milky way is fantastic every night yeah that's just we just really lucky. really had a great a great month for that <laughs> the weather just seemed to work out perfectly and even when we had to avoid the clouds it still 
still worked. So, yeah. Oh man. So we can't talk more about Escalante. Just Scott Waldick. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you for letting us use your lights. I know that we talked about them being too bright on one of the pictures, and I think it's from Brendan's picture that you see it too bright the most. When in my angle, those bushes block the most light, so I thought it worked fantastic for my shot. I was closer. Really I did well. minimize it though with my uh, with my with the with the technique mm. um, and Lightroom to just kind of spot spot check it and then dim it down but it still ended up looking yeah i mean i was a lot closer so it was more brighter it was more blown out but i think i did a present i think i think i did a pretty pretty decent job uh minimizing the light but evening it out a little bit but it's it's tricky because in between the bushes in between the leaves was a really bright white spot and i didn't want to I wasn't mm. going to painstakingly spend five hours editing that image. It just wasn't, you know. It wasn't going to yeah. be your favorite image anyway. Right. Why spend that much time? Right. <laughs> so, Scott, thank you so much. And we just have to emphasize again, like we did in the YouTube channel, that the lights that you had were perfect for the situation. Yeah. The lights yeah. that we're using with the newer ones and those LCD panels, they are meant to shine on a large area of land. And if you want to localize something, we literally have to put it in there, face it down, and bounce it off the ground. Otherwise, right. we can't localize it. Right. And so with all of the bushes that were in that area, if we were using our lights, we would light up all the bushes on the way to lighting up the arch. Right. And it, become, it would become so distracting to have those lit up and have the arch lit up. Because then mm -hmm. it's like, what's important here? The bushes or the arch? Every right. color in the bush, every texture and, and angular tree branch would be distracting us away from the arch but because they're in silhouette mm -hmm. because the light is between the bush and the arch because it's this localized little lantern it turns out so much better yeah and so we have to bring with us our lights for the localized stuff more everywhere we've gone so far in the places that we go in our milky way workshops we just use those lights and they turn out fantastic because they're such big open spaces right between yeah. us and the future you yeah. don't have to worry about it yeah but we need to have that stuff in our in our um in our armory yeah, yeah in our bag yeah. get ready to use it just in case and that's a great time to use it and i'm excited about that well that segues perfectly into silver lake which was night number 10 in a row before uh, we flew out to <laughs> before we flew out <sighs> to oregon i yeah. came up to your house we could fly out to oregon the next morning at like 7 a.m and so we're like we what do we do i'm like hey way. we can go 20 minutes up the road up the canyon and we can try to get the milky way <laughs> at the lake he's like all right let's try Gosh, it we're so lucky we could just do that yeah and so we got there and uh, we parked. It was cool. It was dark. And we could see that there was there was a few little houses, like big, like I'm going to call them mansion cabins. What's the resort right there? Is it? It's Brighton, Brighton Ski Resort. Okay. That really doesn't have a whole lot of lights, but there was like a little restaurant and stuff like that around that, and, and even a church building that may have some outside you know, nighttime lights and on. Some and cabins so, where people were staying and some small for the cabins summer. And some, yeah, some cabins that people stay in and uh, that live up there. And uh, so there's, there was a lot of light pollution, but as we walked around the trail and got halfway between the parking lot and the lake to get to the other side of the lake facing the Milky Way, um, it, I realized that that light produced enough light to shine up on the back of, or the, the, the front oh, of the yeah. mountains behind um, the tree line that was blocking the lights, which was fantastic. So we have this, the lake our tree line, which was nice and thick, and then the lights behind it shining back up onto the mountain that was just underneath the Milky Way coming up over it. So, I mean, I don't know. We couldn't have planned it better. I mean, I just feel like we right. totally lucked out. I, I even got the dock. So I came back quite a bit to get the corner of the dock 
that we were that we were standing on, and got that dock with the lake and the reflecting. Then you have the trees, the light, mountain, Milky Way. So, uh-huh. um, I think it worked out pretty cool. The reflection turned out pretty good, and the water was pretty still that night too. We lucked out really well with the, having it still, calm oh, night. Yeah. What I wasn't expecting was how bright Park City was. I was kind of shocked at how bright um, the light pollution from Park City was because um, Park City kind of is higher up. And yeah, I guess we weren't, the mountain's not as high as, you know. And I was fully expecting to have to do a long exposure just to get that in to see the mountains back there and not just be black silhouettes. That light pollution in the area ended up becoming really beneficial. Because it was really localized. It really was. was, They were really close. They were right behind the parking lot which was only maybe not even a mile from where we were, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, we were maybe three quarters of a mile of the lake, right? Between us and the parking lot. And then those lights were nice and bright. Totally worked. The trees did an amazing job masking that out from our angle. So it worked out really well. I was really happy with the image in general. Oh, the Silver Lake stuff was all simple. Just keep it good and get, you know, a higher ex- exposure in the water to get mm-hmm. those reflected lights better. And then capture the tree line and the terrain and do a pano. I mean, I think the toughest decision for me was whether I went wider on the pano or not. Mm-hmm. So I kind of mm-hmm. became get beyond Jupiter and get beyond Mars. I, I just, I loved seeing the Mars and Jupiter. Actually, Jupiter didn't reflect in the water, but Mars did. And mm-hmm. Mars looked really cool reflecting in the water. Yeah. And it really looked cool reflecting in the water at Crater Lake. Listen to episode oh, yeah. 84 you'll, <laughs> next week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one thing we could I should note right here is that we're saving our Goblin Valley trip. We went to Goblin Valley. So Escalante, we were there for number nine. Then mm-hmm. 10, we were in Goblin Valley. Then 11, we're at Silver Lake. And so we're like oh. freaking running all over the world yeah. <laughs> doing all these different locations right before we leave for Oregon. And so we were so tired and so happy just to have a nice 20-minute drive to Silver Lake. But when mm-hmm. we were out in Goblin Valley, we were hanging out with listener and friend Phil Sisto. Mm-hmm. And so Steve Richards couldn't join us. That's too bad, Steve, that you couldn't come yeah, with us. Yeah. But uh, he was going to be out there. So Phil Sisto and us, we were out there. We're going to have them, Steve and Phil, on the podcast with us for maybe episode 85 okay. or 86. And we can bring up the stories from Goblin Valley that night. Mm-hmm. Then. So we did skip that time. If anyone's keeping track of all the Brendan and Aaron trips, you're probably wondering what happened to Goblin Valley. Well, that's yeah. what happened. That's yeah. what happened. Yeah. So let's we end this podcast. We at the very end of the podcast. Let's talk about Little Moab. We only know about this area thanks to Jeff and Melanie, right. who brought us out there for doing, you know, Steel Wool Still photography. Wolf. It was amazing last year. Yeah. <laughs> so we were thinking we should come out here again for Milky Way. And when we're doing this 23 night challenge and we've kind of exhausted the area around us, mm-hmm. knowing we had a, a podcast to record, where could we go close by? Little Moab. Yeah, and and we were there last year. It was a it was a full moon kind of night, and yeah. so we had really lucked out that night, particularly because the moon was kind of like three quarters in the sky, shining on the rock, plus the steel wool brightening uh-huh. everything up. And we had a really great, great, great experience <laughs> out there. It was fantastic, and I want to go out with those guys again because they were awesome. Yeah, that's the second time we've gone out with them. That was the first time we met with them, and then we went out again. True that. To the yeah, salt flats after that, but yeah. So we mentioned earlier how Google Maps is kind of giving us an ease of going out to locations right. that you wouldn't normally go. Well, both times, Google Maps has sent us the wrong direction to get <sighs> to Little Moab. It's not that it's wrong. It's just it's finding roads. It's like, okay, hey, this road will get you there even this faster. It's more direct. It's, it's like, just drawing no. vectors and then gauging the time and saying, go there. Well, the first road that we went on went past Little Moab and came back through a field that was so overgrown that we were 
smelling the burning of the weeds as we drove over them. Yeah, it's we like, were, we're going to cause we really, a fire. Yeah, we, we were really f- afraid of causing a fire the first time we went out there, right? Oh, the first yeah. Night, yeah. So we backed out of there really fast, and we looked back and watched, <clears> and we're like, okay, did we start a grass fire? No, looks like we're good. We stomped on anything that was worrisome and just got out of there. The second time, we go down a road, and we're like, I don't quite recognize this road. And there's a yellow sign that said, unauthorized personnel, or no, authorized personnel only. And we're like, we're like what? Why? We're just going down a Road then we here. drove two more blocks and it reeked. <laughs> oh my gosh. It smelled like death, dude. It was the nastiest. So, oh. Some sort of manure. Or I dry heaved of... like twice, I think, driving. <laughs> some sort of mink farm or something. Like oh. all the minks. Just or the memory of it is making me, yeah, it's unsettling. It was unsettling the smell. We're unsettled by the fact it says unauthorized person or authorized person. Yeah, we're only. like, what? Like, I don't remember this road at all. Like, where are we going? And then it starts smelling up a storm and now the road is to a point where if we want to continue on the road that google maps is telling us to go on we have to drive through someone's front yard and driveway which it looked it looked like that right right it just it curved up on a hill towards their house but then it and continued like, beyond it the driveway like what is felt going like we were trespassing here? to even be as close as we got we're like yeah oh, we gotta get this out is here. just no Turn around, try again. This is not working. <laughs> so then Let's we go to the went next exit down the road, right? One more road. And that yeah. turned out to be the right road. Right. And other than like warning signs saying cows are under surveillance, that was the right road. Yeah, because we kept seeing these warnings. are like, are we, this is still the right road? Are we supposed to be? Are we trespassing? What's going on? It's like, oh, Why they were just. so difficult? And then we saw this. Then we saw the, the, the traditional brown, you know, sign that was built and you know, had information like, about you know where you can and can't shoot and lands, don't yeah and all this stuff we're like okay i think we're in the right area this looks like public land <laughs> right. we made it i think we're close yeah. the other challenge of little moab is that it's little moab because of the rocky terrain the smooth rock it's great for rock crawling with your jeeps mm. and then getting to it there's some sketchy little slippery spots or depending yeah, on are. how the weather has worn down the road and people build trenches driving through it really too soft of mm-hmm. mud it could be a scary high clearance only 4x4 area to drive right it's not a graded road it's not fantastic and we're just talking like what uh quarter of a mile that yeah. little portion that last portion from the graded road to little moab rocks mm-hmm. is just a little sketchy a little uphill we had a truck with no four by four but high clearance and that right. made it possible and even some parts you were driving you said it was slipping a it little was bit. slipping on two different parts even yeah. yeah there was just enough sand on the on the road to just it wasn't gripping it was just enough of a incline that i was really had to gun it to go up that hill just to get over it and it was yeah I don't remember it being that difficult before. Even right. my wagon. I mean, it has four wheel drive though, so maybe that's all it was. True. I mean, my the wagon definitely doesn't have enough, enough clearance as the F one fifty did. It. But um, <laughs> we hit the exhaust pipe a couple times. But other than that, <laughs> it didn't have much of a problem getting up those hills. But this definitely was more of a struggle with the two wheel drive. Yeah. Right. And those of you local here to Utah, across from Utah Utah Lake, it's just the west side of Utah Lake is Little Moab right there. If yeah. you look on Google Maps, you'll find it instantly. Little Moab. And there's another rock structure we want to go back and check out. Yeah, too, what was that called? Was, the um, Chimney Rock. Chimney Rock, I think, or something Interesting, like that. Interesting, like, little, go, like little tiny remote control cars have races <laughs> around drive. there. Four wheel drive yeah. races. <laughs> <laughs> like, Which is the only images I saw on Google. I'm like, what is this crazy nonsense? But this is, looks kind of cool, though. championships. Yeah. <laughs> I bet they're having fun out there, but it looked like a hot day when they were taking those pictures. So, yeah. <laughs> so, little Moab, a little sketchy to get out to can be, and mm-hmm. you might go the wrong direction three times. Don't worry. You're going the right way eventually. Right. <laughs> but the rocks 
smooth, white, soft sandstone. The white Bulb, sandstone. Bubbly. Yeah. yeah like ca- little caves notched oh. out of them. And, and yeah. we just go up a little bit to the left and go to the north side and it put the Milky Way coming off of the top of it like a volcano. This like bubbly mm. cool rock going up and a volcano launching off of it. And I did a pano once just for fun, just to kind of get the terrain mm-hmm. in. But really my feature was just right in front of me, a Brady Bunch pano of directly in front of me making a big image out of rocks leading up being light painted yeah. and shadowy to this crest where then the milky way just blasts off the core is visible it's not too high uh it just worked out very very well loved how well it lines up yeah you know what's interesting about the areas i noticed is that there's light pollution but when you go down in the position that we were in the big rock in front of us blocks the oh, light pollution yeah. that was in front of us and then the right light pollution from behind us is also blocked by another hill coming up behind us and i'm looking around I'm like this is fantastic yeah. and then you can see a dark silhouette of another hill off another mountain range off to the very right of my frame that i took and that was kind of kind of saddled down from the big rock to that to that off back distant silhouette and the milky way is kind of coming out of that kind of that saddle between the two of them which is pretty cool too and then arching over the the big rock structure it was just i think we did a great job lighting it we messed around for a few minutes trying to find the right position i think it worked out really well oh yeah side lighting it and it just wow that <laughs> was just a great great place and that was 30 minutes from the lightest bloom of light of utah valley so it's right. not like we went that far away from civilization to get it and it's right. just mind-blowing how fortunate we have been constantly in this area not only to avoid light pollution, but to find, to go out on nights that were just totally clear. I mean, that was another really clear night. There was yeah. not a single cloud in the sky. We just lucked out. Like, I just feel like every night we went out, we just lucked out like big time because sometimes very often every other trip, it seemed like last year we went on the clouds or somehow either blocking the core right. or somehow just being nuisance, you know? But this, this month was just fantastic. And oh, if there were clouds in the way, man. there are a couple of nights I had clouds in the way that I just had to go different directions right. and I avoided them. But there are only two nights out of 23 where it went poorly and Spoiler alert, one reason was because the clouds were just messing with it and I had to shoot through clouds and just did time lapse and I finally got a Milky Way that was open towards mm. the morning. And the second one, I got a flat tire in a truck Oh, on the freeway. And oh, just you can enjoy that story of misery as I ended up having four minutes left for Astro Twilight after I got it filled up again and working. And I ended up taking a shot from a field next to houses that were just... It, I left depressed. I was so depressed that I had my camera and I'm like, should I just film myself right now as I look in the distance depressed? I'm like, no, because if I hit record (laughs) and then film this, people look like it'll to look it'll look like the people that I just put on this face for the recording. Like if someone else was filming me, then it would have been totally natural where it's just Mm. like that's my face and they caught me looking depressed as I drove home that night. That was just that was the only shot that I was not proud of. Mm Well, you know. Oh, no. That was the second shot I wasn't proud of. It's part of the challenge, right? I mean, especially going 23 solid days. And you're definitely going to run into those issues. Five, six, seven. Oh, I don't have to do that. That's right. June 1st. That night, Little Moab was night 19. And so, Little Moab was night 19. (laughs) So, what a fantastic 23 days. We still have a story from Goblin Valley to share with Mm -hmm. Phil Sisto. We have Oregon coming up next week with uh, Kurt Kais. We've already recorded that episode, and it's already set up to release. So, if you guys are out there, Tuesday night at midnight of Utah time, it's going live. So, uh, 
pay attention. You'll have that podcast when you go to work Wednesday morning next week. It's already scheduled to go. Well, they're not going to be going to work Wednesday morning because that's the 4th of <gasps> July. Oh, yeah. So, so if enjoy you're driving the podcast somewhere for 4th of July. Do something fun for the 4th of July. Get some fireworks and some Milky Way if you can. Oh. <laughs> Time oh. blend, maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's some oh. creative things can go on there, guys. I just uh, really excited about that idea. The new moon is the 12th. And so by the 4th of July, the third mm. quarter is just about started. And so you're going to have a window. Oh. Would you have a window during the fireworks? No. No. The moon's no. still going to be up. But if you're can, if you in a position where you can get fireworks, take your, take your shot with some fireworks, then keep leave the it there. Keep the place. tripod there for four hours or so, and then go back and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or just do a really awesome long time lapse or... Yeah. So from this area, July 4th, uh, Pleasant Grove, where the office is, we have a moon setting at 12.01 p.m. The Milky Way has been up. Okay, oh. so Milky Way goes up at 11.03, so no moon at that point, but the moon will rise on you at 12.58 a.m. Oh. That's perfect. I had them backwards. This That's is where the moon rises into the way of the Milky Way. Oh. So you will have full darkness from 11.03 at this latitude up until the Milky Way gets obstructed at by the moon at 1 o'clock in the morning. Wow. So the Milky Way could be out during the fireworks if you're in a dark enough location. Pretty cool. After 11 p.m. Or if you can find a good spot like in the middle of the desert, sand dunes or little Moab where there's not brush fire yeah, possibilities. Yeah, do not risk fires, you idiots, with fireworks. Yeah, don't do fireworks in, in an area where you can catch stuff on fire. But if you happen to be in a desert location like we are and you can go out and get Milky Way and bring your own fireworks, that could be a lot of fun. Did they let you do fireworks at Little Sahara? Probably. I don't. There's nothing to burn, so I mean, yeah, I wonder. Yeah. It's but, just ugly if you get firework crap everywhere. Yeah, pick, pick up after yourselves too. You know, be responsible, guys. No kidding. So, all right. So, thanks for listening thanks to the podcast, listening. guys. <laughs> thanks for joining us, patrons. Remember, get me your sticker. Get me your addresses so I can send you the stickers. MilkyPhotographers.com will go live in July. I have the images and stickers almost ready to send off to Sticker Mule to get them created. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be so cool looking. Imagine the Tyler Nordgren posters and versions of that for our MilkyPhotographers.com. That's how cool it is. Awesome. I love them. Aaron Houston, you're doing an awesome job. He's not listening to this podcast right now, but love you, man. Thanks for working on this for us. And you guys who are already a patron, you guys will get videos from Brendan, myself, with tutorials. This is happening. Mm-hmm. We are we are coming out of the rut. This month is and the month it's to get happening. those things out. Man, yep. Aaron King's divorce is over. Well, it's not really, but uh, the, the whole rut from it, it's over. It's it's all in the past. Brendan yep. and I have so much cool stuff coming and hint, hint, September, Brendan's life gets even simpler and we're so stoked for what we're yes. going to do today. Starting in for September. school, school starts. <laughs> Every parent with school kids knows at this point now, it's been a month into it, and you're like, I can't wait for school to start again. <laughs> All of I your kids your pain. will be at school for yes. several hours during the day. Several hours. <sighs> now, September, we spend the entire time in Europe hanging out True. with uh, Bender I'd and f- hanging out with Dave. I'm but, super excited uh, about James that. James is going to be with us. This is going to be a fun month. But October, October is going to be a great for some content really cool month, guys. content yeah. coming out, guys. Ah, we're so loving it. Thank you, guys. Have a good week. Enjoy the summer, guys. Can't wait to get my 128 terabyte drive. SD card. (laughs) I want to drive drive that's that big. (laughs) Just give me a drive bigger than three gigs. Have a good week, guys. Take care. See you guys.